I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain, and it is time for another episode of the Steelers Preview. That's right, we are getting you, the Steeler fan, ready and geared up for the Week 13 game on the road again in a dome again in Atlanta, hot Atlanta against the Falcons. Joining me as always, Brian Davis. What's up, Brian? I am so glad to be here, Jeff. It is such a, it's December, and I love December, and I'm all ready for the stretch run as the Steelers charge towards the Super Bowl. All right, very good. Dave Schofield uh, rounding out the uh, triumphant trio. What's up, Dave? Hey, it's just good to be back with you guys. You know, didn't get you the post-game show. I wasn't here for the preview on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day that was. Um, it's just nice to be back to, to a, a normal schedule, at least with us a little bit for now, because, you know, it was compressed this week, but we're finally getting back to, to where we should be. Yeah, I feel like I've done a million podcasts this week. I don't know why, but uh, but still, hey, the win, you did. <laughs> yeah, the Steelers win on Monday Night Football, and that was a big win. It was an exciting win. Uh, I don't, regardless of what people say, you know, there's going to be those fans that say, "Hey, we're just uh, wishing they would have lost so they can get a higher draft pick." I said this on Twitter during the game. I'll say it here. I'm a fan. I can never imagine myself watching the Steelers play football and not pulling my hardest for them to win. I, I can't, I can't physically do it. I'd have to be in another room, not watching the game and then just say, tell me if they lost. I, I can't watch them and not every second saying like, come on, Kenny, come on, Kenny. Like, you can do this. Kenny. I just can't do it. If, if you, if other people, I don't <laughs> Brian and Dave, you're like me, right? You can't do that. Right, Brian. Yeah. I see the draft pick thing is the consolation prize when they lose, when they lose, yeah. you're like, well, okay, at least you're closer to a top pick, but you never want to be there. That's just like, you know, like, uh, Hey, it's, you know, and it's better to never have loved than never lost at all or whatever that is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I no feel like advice from bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, like, no, man. I just got dumped. I don't want. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, so I, I feel that way when the Steelers play. I can't root against them because it's too hard. Yeah, Dave, you're, you're the same way, right? Jeff, you already heard this before. I was 11 yards away from Pat Frermuth hitting me on a 10-leg parlay bet that would have won me $500. If they go to overtime, there's a chance that that could have happened. Don't care. Still wanted the Steelers to win it. For sure. Yeah. I that, mean, it's, don't care. That, right. It's always yeah. about the win. It's always about the win. Right. And we have some people on our staff that are like, oh, I wish they would have had a higher pick. I, I, I understand. Like I said, I understand the theory. I just can't do it. I, I physically cannot do it. But what's what's the point of the pick? 
Well, not only not, not only that, you still have to hit on the pick. Yeah. The well, I mean, well, first of all, had, yeah. the Steelers have had first round bus. Yeah. And in recent memory, I, I'm not interested in even diving down that rabbit hole right now, but it's just something I can't get my head wrapped around. I want to bring up the Falcons. I want to talk about the Falcons. In case you missed the Know Your Enemy podcast, go back and check that out. Uh, I had a great guest, uh, one of my superiors at SB Nation, uh, Gina the Thomas, joined them. And uh, she did a great job, as she always, I knew she would. Uh, but go back and check out that show with Shannon and Jeffrey Benedict. But the one thing I wanted to bring up to start the show before we talk about momentum and the Steelers and back-to-back wins, maybe for the first time, is, boy, it seems like these two teams this past offseason had very parallel stories. Both teams were getting rid of a an entrenched starter, at quarterback. The Steelers and Roethlisberger in retirement, Matt Ryan being traded away for not much. And uh, then you have them searching for a free agent quarterback. The Steelers go out right away and get Trubisky. The Falcons wait a little bit and end up with Mariota. Then in the draft, the Steelers go ahead and they jump the gun. And obviously, maybe not jump the guns are the right words, <laughs> words to use. But still, they take Kenny Pickett 20th overall. And in the third round, the Falcons take Desmond Ritter. And a lot of Falcons fans are very high on Ritter and want to see what this guy can do. And they're not too pleased with Mariota. I find it very intriguing when you look at how the Steelers and the Falcons have handled this situation this year. The Falcons easily could have turned and said, you know what? Let's see what Ritter can do. Let's see what this young kid can do. They haven't. And I get it. The NFC South is not good. We'll put it that way. And they're still they're still in contention for the division. But it also makes me, as a Steeler fan, also kind of respect what the Steelers have done in a way, even though I do believe the Steelers have mismanaged the quarterback situation, I feel like at least them giving Kenny Pickett this experience will benefit them in the long run. Brian, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the parallel stories here between the Atlanta Falcons and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, maybe the fact that the Falcons are closer to winning that division because, like you said, everything is just in disarray there with Tampa Bay being like one game ahead, and that could could flip-flop back and forth real easily. You know, the Steelers, as far as I'm concerned, I know you mentioned they mismanaged the situation, but now that Kenny Pickett's in, you just feel like they are making steps every single day. The Falcons at this point, what's happening with them is, you know, they're basically starting over next year where Pittsburgh's starting over now. And they're not going to be in that much better shape than where the Steelers are. Because if you actually look at the draft standings, I think I think Atlanta is like two or three behind Pittsburgh. They're that close in the draft for the worst records and being in that situation. So I kind of think that Pittsburgh's having a leg up because their future is now the future in Atlanta is on hold while they're trying to get into the playoffs where it could be a one and done. You are correct. By the way, Atlanta is 15th currently in the 2023 draft order that can obviously change, but Dave, what about you? What are your thoughts? All right. Well, both teams have the options if they wanted to, to, they could have started their rookie quarterback week one. They didn't. I'm not saying it was the right choice either way. That's what they chose to do. If you weren't going to week one, you needed to give it some time. I still think that the Steelers jumped the gun if they didn't go week one. Um, Because if you're not going to go week one, it's because you want them to progress more. And I don't think there was a, you know, week four, was there really enough um, enough progression for week one to week four to really matter? Because it was shouldn't have been about what the team was doing. It should have been what was best for the progression of your rookie quarterback. 
Now, when it comes to the Falcons, maybe they haven't turned to Ritter soon enough if they're having a rough season, but they're not out of it in the in their division because of their terrible division. So that's one way to look at it. Also, with Ritter being a third round pick, I you know you can say what you want. Some people thought maybe that's who the Steelers were going to take at twenty if the other quarterbacks were taken. I mean, if you we look back at other at some of the draft things. Uh, but maybe that's because he needs a little bit more time. I, I'm going to honestly say this. If the Steelers win this game on Sunday, it's a there's a decent chance that it's Marcus Mariota's last game starting for the Falcons this season. And the reason that is, is how many times did we talk about Kenny Pickett? Well, if nothing else, after the bye, after the bye, after the bye. Guess what? Atlanta hasn't had their bye yet. It's after this game. After they play the Steelers, they have their bye week. So maybe that's what they're looking at, depending. I mean, there's a big difference because right now they're five and seven. There's a big difference between six and seven and five and eight after this week. And it, it kind of depends on how this is going to play out. I, I don't know that they've shut the door on that. This brings up a question that I've honestly wanted to ask the last two weeks, and I've just pushed it off, pushed it off because we get into there's other news. There really is no news for the Steelers right now. I mean, we'll talk about the injury report here shortly, but it's something I brought up, and it's a word that I, I use that Brian even referenced in his answer, and that is do you feel that the Steelers have mismanaged the quarterback situation in 2022? Especially now that we've seen Kenny Pickett as an entrenched starter and not just someone who, you know. We don't know what it's going to turn into. I mean, we've seen the guy for several games now. Brian, in your opinion, in hindsight, it's always 2020. Do you feel like looking back, the Steelers have mismanaged the quarterback position? Not really. And here's the reason why. You know, I would have loved to have seen him start Kenny from the start. But then you're throwing him against some really tough defenses. It was really tough those first three games. I think in hindsight, it's like when we look in the future, this is probably the best plan that they could have come up with. I like the fact that, the like I said earlier, that the future is now because the Steelers, and this is their future. They're not going back. The reason I've heard people say, hey, you should bring Mason Rudolph in. And, you know, no, what are you bringing him in for? You're doing exactly what Atlanta's doing. You're you might win maybe one extra game, but what is the point of that now when you are you invested in a first round quarterback and now you're going to see what he can do in every single game? You got to admit, he progresses every single game. So if that's going to happen, then when you start off 2023, he's going to be ahead of the curve. Desmond Ritter next year is starting he's probably starting week one next year and he's starting from ground zero now dave you sort of kind of alluded to your answer to this question already in terms of <laughs> you know if they're not going to go in week one but do you think they mismanaged the position i'm going to say yes i'm not saying that it's happening now i'm just saying that that's what they did because i you know I'm, i don't i'm not going to repeat myself too much because i have something else to say about it is that either he was ready to go week one or he wasn't and he needed more time. From September 11th to October 2nd, coming in at halftime, not getting any reps during the week to really get, get prepared, was is that the best scenario for your rookie quarterback? I say no. I think when you take a quarterback in the first round that 
ultimately your decisions that first year should not be, oh, what is best for the team versus what is best for the development of this player down the road. And I think the decision for Kenny Pickett to come in at halftime of week four was what was best for the Steelers in this season. And I don't know that that was the best for Kenny Pickett, because if it was the best for Kenny Pickett, then he should have been starting from week one. If he was really, um, if he was fine to be starting by then. And obviously that just means they didn't figure out that he was their best option by then. That's, that's the only thing I have with it. I absolutely, yeah, it does. I, I absolutely believe they mismanaged this and they mismanaged it from the start. From the moment they drafted Kenny Pickett, you know, Mike Tomlin said all the politically correct, we're going to, it's going to be an open competition. Can anyone honestly tell me that that was an open competition? Anyone um, in training camp? There's, Go ahead, Dave. If you think that there's a way that you can talk me into thinking it, it was an no, open competition. It depends on your definition of open competition. Okay, I'll tell because you my you mean definition. If, okay, well, okay, you, you go ahead because then I was going to give you two different ones. And I'll ahead. tell you my definition, and that would be that you give, at least early on, equal repetitions amongst all three. Because it's not of well, not four, because we're not mm-hmm. gonna count the uh the fourth that never got any reps, uh, and Chris Oladokun, but still and the all three and Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky, and Kenny Pickett. If it was genuinely an open competition, you give them equal repetitions and you say, Let's see who does the best. They didn't do that. They did not do that. Kenny Pickett didn't see first team reps until almost a I don't know what, three weeks into camp? It seemed like it at least. And so you hear Kenny Pickett all every week, every flipping week. I have to, I write an article on Thursday about Kenny Pickett's media availability from his transcript. And he says something every week about how I didn't get these repetitions with these guys in the preseason training camp and early in the year. And now we're playing catch up. And some people say, Oh, you should be caught up by now. I'm not there. How am I supposed to know that Dave? Go ahead. Based on your definition, then it wasn't. I don't think your definition is correct because you're talking about an open competition being an equal competition. And those aren't the same things. They were not all given equal opportunity. They weren't, but an open competition means, Hey, if one person in the is is rising above the rest much more, then we'll move it. Then we don't know if that's what they did because all of the quarterbacks played pretty equally throughout the preseason. Therefore, they never changed the way that they had it all set up. So was it open that Kenny could have shined even more? Was it open that Trubisky could have flopped? Sure, it was. But they weren't all given an equal opportunity. They definitely weren't. So if you're looking for equal opportunity as being an open op- competition, I'm not saying your death. I said your definition was wrong. That, that, that wasn't the right thing to say. It's, it's just one way to look at it. Um, so from your definition, absolutely it was not, but were they all given an opportunity where they could have shown what they did and they would have adjusted? They say they would have, but they never, right. we, we, we will never know that. Brian, what are your thoughts on that? You know what? I, I really don't think they mismanaged it that much, you know, I, but it was not an open competition. It, it, it was one of those, to me, it was one of those situations we got to see what we got with Mitch. We might disguise it as an open competition, but they knew all along it was Mitch, Kenny, and if people die in a fiery crash, Mason Rudolph. See, and I don't even think that's true. I still think Tomlin wanted Rudolph too, and I think he got. That's why he had the clerical error. 
So but who, who, who do you think? It, do you think it was? Do you think it was AR two that came down and said? Yeah, I think or so. Do you think it was like well, minority can, owners? That I got said it to you guys. I mean, it, it was somebody that had enough pull that would do it. And who has more pull over than Tom? Who has more pull than Tomlin? Does Does Omar? I don't know that he does. No, I'm just saying I didn't and know. Like, that's why I would it, think it would have to because be there were there were reports of these minority owners that were remember a couple of years ago they were yeah. up in arms about the way things were going and they're like, you look, we're Did not they change the what they're doing. Yeah, we're not the majority owner, but we still own a part of this team. Yeah. Like we have a voice mm-hmm. in this. I'm just, I, I'd be curious yeah. to see what happens. it could have been. But my my point is, and the thing is, is I, I I never said this. I never said Kenny Pickett should be buried at number three all season. Absolutely not. I actually said when he was drafted, I thought that he could work his way into the starting lineup and possibly early. But I also don't think Coach Tomlin wanted Kenny Pickett coming in the first few games if there was an injury. Then I think he would have progressed him to number two and then progressed him to number one eventually. I honestly think that's what would have happened. But he want, I think Coach Tomlin, the way he talked in the offseason, he wanted a veteran, he wanted a veteran. I think whoever made that call, I mean, there, there's not, I have no evidence that this happened, but I also have no evidence that it didn't. Um, and I thought I would have come up with that evidence since then. But if, if, you can't sell number eight jerseys if he's not even wearing the eight jersey on the sideline. I get it. I understand the premise for sure. For yeah. sure. There it is. <laughs> There's the eight. <laughs> the block number. They're gonna wear those on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yep. I really hope they wear they bring they because now they can have alternate helmets. Give me the a gray face. Gray face mask. mask. All yeah, I want is that, a freaking gray amazing. face mask. But don't tell anyone. Just show up in them. They haven't shown anyone yet. There hasn't yeah. been any media about this other than Bob Labriola saying they're going to wear a throwback uniform with a patch, with the immaculate reception patch on the on the jersey. So that'd be pretty cool. All right, let's talk about the upcoming game mm-hmm. with the Falcons and the momentum the Steelers have created. My question for you is a simple yes or no, and that is, we'll start with Brian. Can the Steelers win back-to-back games for the first time this season? Absolutely, and I really think they're – I know they're not favored right now, but they kind of are because you and I have talked about this and we've talked about this. I mean, this is just known in betting circles that, you know, you give away the three points. uh, You get those three points because you're the home team. And if they're a a one-and-a-half underdog, then – I'm sorry, Dave. I, I thought you were. Oh, no, I, I have a question about that. No, finish your sentence, but I have a question about that three point thing before we go too far. So, you know, my thought is that they're actually favorites in this game, and I expect them to be favorites in uh, most of the games. I would say 75% of the remaining games that they're playing in in 2023, unless the next two they just get destroyed. Go ahead, Dave. What was your question? Well, my, my question about this, and I've always been curious about this as a numbers person. They say about the three-point swing at home. I've, I've always lived by that and everything. Mm-hmm. So if the Steelers are one-point underdogs and it's a three-point swing, that means if it was played at a neutral site, they'd be two-point favorites. Technically. Does yes. that mean if it was played in Pittsburgh, they'd be five-point favorites? Because is it three and three? I've always wondered about that. Well, if they're giving, they could they could make it four and a half or five. Yeah, no, so if they that, were at home because you know, I've you figure, always yeah. kind of thought that way, but I never knew if I was actually right with that. You know what? That's interesting. <laughs> I I never thought of it, and now my brain hurts thinking about it. But I think you're onto something there. I'm just not sure. So I don't know if it's a three point shift from one venue to the other, or if it's a three point shift from home to neutral to other. 
the, the more I dive into the gambling <laughs> aspect of, of the NFL, the more I really honestly do feel that these uh, third party, and that's what like, DraftKings Sportsbook, they use third parties for their odds and everything. Um, <laughs> that is his last night. I had a three point swing at the beehive. Oh, I don't want to hear about that. That's, sounds like I do. Three, sounds like a three a, a three a.m. appointment at the uh, urgent care is what that sounds like. Well, well, speaking, no, speaking of urgent care, we do have to give a shout out to J- Daniel J, who is in the live chats. Yeah, state of the Steelers. He pulled a Minka Fitzpatrick today. There hey. goes my final thoughts. I was going to have yeah. an entire tribute with music. Oh, and, and photos. you can still, you no. can still do it. That, that's, what that's music were you going to play? Uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. Oh, okay. At least it wasn't I Will Remember You or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Saying one, one of his former names was Bully Mob Kennel with uh, with. <laughs> I don't you that song. I think of the of the, of the, the SPCA, dogs. Yeah, yeah, SPCA. <laughs> At least it's not a uh, murder train by the Foreskins. Um, sorry, that's a how, that's a, that's how that's how I met your mother reference when they did the dog montage and it was <laughs> to the song Murder Train. <laughs> Well, all I know is that Minka Fitzpatrick had that organ removed in his body and wanted to play that same week. So I expect this, Daniel Jay to be the next day. Back. Yeah, within pretty less much. Than Twenty-four yeah. hours. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> that show better be good on Saturday, huh? Yeah, good one. I'll be listening. All right. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, the the momentum factor. You know, the Steelers go on the road again. A lot of people, I, you know, I do the expert picks article, which will run on Friday at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And there are some experts that say they were very weary to pick the Steelers. It's kind of a toss-up for them based on the fact that they don't know if, if a rookie quarterback can go on the road and win two games in a row. Uh, Brian, is there anything that causes pause when you think about it from that angle? No, because... I really think these are two clubs going in opposite directions. I'm not worried about really a rookie quarterback with momentum, you know, two, two games in a row. We've seen it before with different rookie quarterbacks. It's just called playing well. And it's not like the competition is grand here. This is not like you're going, you're going back to back with the Colts and the Falcons. You're not going back to back with the 2004 Patriots and the 2004 Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, what do you think? Yeah. Although those were both at home. Um, Let's see. That's true. Yeah. But you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. I agree with you. I was just throwing that out. Throw that in. (laughs) I had to throw it in there. Okay. We we, we talked about that. Jeff even mentioned betting a little bit ago. What's a Jeff does a parlay every Friday on on Let's Ride. Uh, You probably didn't have much choices because they didn't have. A no, they actually got the player props up early. They I got, got them up email. in time. Yep. I hadn't checked them yet. Yeah, I, my contact mm-hmm. con. He sent me an email. It's like I know you do your show on Thursdays, so with the player props were up early, but they don't. They don't handle yes. that again. It's a third party that does that. Yes, gotcha. Well, the whole thing with the parlay is, and I talked about me, and I hit nine legs of a ten leg parlay on it earlier. When you add in another factor, it increases your your odds of losing therefore it increases your 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 payout in winning with the parlay that's the whole point of a parlay if you only have two parts of it yeah you you might do all right three it really adds your odds up 
four, five, then they start to go through the roof. That's kind of what's going on here with what's happening with the Steelers going to Atlanta. When you factor in, you, you said about Kenny Pickett, rookie quarterback, going on the road back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Okay, that's one factor. Then you add, so so it's rookie quarterback on the road back-to-back weeks, short week coming home for Monday night and then having to travel again for the next game. I think that's the bigger factor, but those other things are actually just compound it. Uh, I don't think that it's too much for them to overcome, but if they do overcome, you got to understand, Hey, they were a little bit more up against it. Some people think one day doesn't matter much. Wednesday's practice was basically a wash. Um, And we'll kind of talk about that whenever we get to the injury report and stuff. Yes, and Captain Underpants is right. I miss a parlay every Friday. Uh, I am not a gambler at all. Uh, This is my first year dabbling in parlays. I have been restricted on what I can and cannot bet on. Um, So, yeah, I've gotten two out of three several times. I'm getting closer. Like, like they won't let you bet an under on the Steelers, will they? You have to always take an over, don't you? No, I could take an under. uh, they they, They want me to bet positive bets gotcha unless i'm going for like the uh i hate myself parlay and i'm just betting against the steelers with everything or something like that i'm not there yet and i can't do that because obviously i'm a big uh you know i'm I'm a big fan so i can't do that but anyways all right here's the deal we're going to take a quick break uh if you're listening on the audio side you're gonna hear a word from our sponsors otherwise youtube and facebook we're going to be right back when we come back we're going to talk about the injury report we're going to hit up the over under talk about the spread which has been all over the place give our predictions and finish up with trivia we'll be right back i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. Second part, a lot of stuff to go over, an injury report that is what's well, interesting. We'll put it that way. Dave, you have that ready? Oh, yeah, it's ready. I've got all 12 players here. All right, go ahead. Oh, go okay. start with the Steelers. Yeah, of course, with the Steelers. Um, let's knock one out that's easy. Cam Hayward showed up today. It's his Thursday, coach's decision, resting player. Let's not worry about that one. There was a big difference between Wednesday's practice and Thursday's practice. It was reported that it was basically a glorified walkthrough on Wednesday. So even if someone was limited, they just maybe didn't ask him to do everything. But there were some players that went from limited on Wednesday to not practicing Thursday. So it's I don't know that it's that they had a setback. It's just they might not have been ready for the step up in what they were doing at practice. So let's hit the positive ones. Miles Boykin. Full participant both days. 
Jalen Warren, full participant both days. That's that's the most positive ones. Uh, the next positive one goes Minka Fitzpatrick, limited on Wednesday, full on Thursday. So even though the intensity stepped up, so did Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, now let's look, go some ones that you're like, eh. TJ Watt limited both days. Mason Cole limited both days. Robert Spillane limited both days. Then you had Benny Snell Jr. showing up on Thursday as a limited participant. I'm hope with a knee injury. I'm hoping that wasn't that he injured it in practice. Maybe it was just something, hey, I'm a little sore from yesterday. Yeah, I'll sit out this drill or something. I'm hoping that's what it was. But then you had Miles Jack and Larry Ogunjobi. Miles Jack with the knee, Ogunjobi with the toe that were limited on Wednesday and didn't practice on Thursday. Um, other than Najee Harris and Akella Witherspoon not practicing at all. I think I hit everybody by now. Akella Witherspoon. Just put him on IR already. Gosh, I don't get it. But still, uh, Brian, what do you think about that injury report? Anything scare you? Anything positive? What do you think? Well, here's the positives for me. Of course, Jalen Warren's a positive. But I ask you guys this, and we don't know the answer to this, but if Miles Boykin's in this game, is there an 86-yard kickoff return? I just feel like that guy is so special on special teams right now that I feel like – actually, I feel like he's playing at an all-pro level on special teams. I think he's that darn good right now. A uh, great pickup, even if he never runs a route. Jalen Warren, of course, I'm excited for that. Here's one I want to bring up. Of course – you know, TJ Watt, that scares you anytime he's on there. I think he's going that uh, he's one of those guys that powers through stuff like that, but we'll see if it's something more serious, but could we just stop putting Larry Ogunjobi on the list and being surprised that he's on there? He's going to be on there every week with something. He's yeah. probably going to play, but he's always going to be there. He's got a timeshare well, on the injury report. I was going to ask you about Ogunjobi. Do you think this – I mean, they have to say it because he was already showed up with injury. Is this more of a – he's been getting some Thursdays off at times. Is it one of those things? Or I don't know. I mean, the Steelers have shown a willingness to say that they're giving players rest, and I don't understand. I mean, he's a veteran as well, so mm -hmm. I, they, they were going to do that. I feel like they would They, they would, would have added rest onto the yeah. thing. Okay. But that's just my own opinion. Yeah. But, Dave, what are your thoughts on the injury report? Oh, Brian mentioned Miles Boykin. You've got it, and I agree wholeheartedly. But he might be the 1A, but the 1B for that kickoff return is also Robert Spillane. Those two guys are, are, are top five, if not top three, on their special teams, especially when it comes to kick coverage. So when you're missing two of your top guys, that's that, that could be a concern. Because sometimes you can get by missing one, but when you're missing both of them. Um, so I, I know some people were like, oh, well, Spillane, I really don't want to see him out there in, in, in passing situations where they insist on playing him. You know what? I agree with that. But if, <laughs> but I also don't want to see him not out there on special teams either. I just wish that they would kind of make the decision to do it that way. Other than that, it all comes down to Friday. It really does. We're not going to see – I don't think we're going to see Najee Harris this week. Witherspoon should have gone on IR before. Um, and – other than that, I don't know that there's anyone that's going to be ruled out tomorrow unless – if either Jack or Ogunjobi don't practice tomorrow, they're going to be ruled out. Otherwise, I think anything else would, would just be a questionable status. Just a quick recap. DeMarvin Leal is in the second week of his IR uh, return from IR, yes? He has to be activated by next Wednesday. Okay. 
So he does not have to be activated for this game. Right. But he his his window's closing. His window will close on this Wednesday. will be the fourth game that Chris Boswell will spend on IR, right? Uh the 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 he got put which game did he which game Wasn't did he show up on the, the bye week? Yeah, it might have uh, yes, I think so, because I think I think was it was it Skiba against the, the, the Eagles? Yes. Um that's probably sounds right. I should so this would be I should have that in front of so me. So technically he can return potentially if they want, if his groin is healed up after this game. Is he a guy that's going to open a 21-day window and not bring him back? I mean, if he's not ready to go, don't have him practice. You know, Don't start the window until he's actually don't, yeah. Don't start the window until you're going to bring him back that week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, William Jackson III will have to wait one more game, I believe. Yeah, I think well, he was the week after New Orleans. I'm trying to keep all these in my head. No, when, no, when, when was the trade deadline? It was during the bye week because remember we had all that news oh, yeah. and the Steelers were on bye. So yeah, this would be his fourth game. He could he could come back after this game. So just something to think about with injuries. Now, do you want to read the Atlanta one? It's pretty short. Oh, yeah, the Atlanta one. I guess Good I should luck have kept with the first name. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold E, <laughs> outside <laughs> linebacker. Ibekiti. I don't know. That um, was the name he just said, folks. There you yeah. go. Um, <laughs> uh, limited with a forearm, defensive lineman J- Jalen Dalton, toe limited, and offensive lineman Chuma Adoga with a knee did not participate. That is it. All right. Brian, anything to add about the injuries or players on IR or anything like that? No, nah, I'm good. All right. It's not the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. All right. <laughs> Let's go to uh, over under Brian. Please tell me you have updated standings. You refuse to do it during bad language for some reason. Can you update the standings, please? Yes, <laughs> I'll do that. I will have that for bad language. Oh my god! <laughs> Two weeks of yeah, we don't know what the yeah, what the I don't know. yeah, I, and I'm going to but. Art Rooney might have sprayed someone with Heinz ketchup in the stands. So we've got that going. Yeah, yes, we, we at least hear about that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, I lost my notes and then I got to go back and listen. And because I'm trying to give all of us special updated programming, 22 a week here, original shows, you know, sometimes things go by the wayside. So Wait a second, I will go back you, and look. You lost your notes? I Look at how many notebooks I have. So wait, wait, so you have to go back and listen to every Steelers preview this entire season and try to listen to the over/under segment. No, no, no I'll do is listen to the last bad language where he gave the update. where I gave standings. Yes, and that then and then add to it. Yeah. I I still believe I'm in the lead. Oh, of course you are because you're just making it up at this point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fine. I I'm comfortable <laughs> with that. Dave said all overs last week, didn't you, Dave? Even though you weren't well. With us? I wasn't with you. You guys said it to me, and rather than take the time, I just said, it's close enough. I'll just say over for all of them. <laughs> they were close. They were. I, I, I Let's just say this. I didn't do any worse than either one of you guys. We might have all tied. I can't No, nah, it was, around. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Jeff 3, Dave 2, me 1. So but you don't have your notes, so you don't know. No, it, yeah. I will have it. I just have to no, go back and listen. I know you got at least two because there was one of them we all got, and then there was one you got that we didn't. So, yeah. Okay. All we'll right. See. Here we go. Over under game. Brian, are you ready? 
Yes, I am. All right. Kenneth P- Shane Pickett, KPA completions. This is just completed passes. 21 and a half. Over under, Dave. Mm-hmm. 21 and a half. Yes, he had 20 last week. And he had 18 in the win over New Orleans. I'm going to say that's a good that's a good line, Jeff. That's a real good line. I'm going to say under because I'm going to say 20 or 21 All because right. that's the recipe. Although there is no secret recipe, as I talked about on StatGeek. Uh, yes. we'll, we'll see if they can do that. All right. What do you think, Brian? Barely over, but over. I am. I'm leaning on over as well. I'm thinking 22. Uh, but I, I'd be ecstatic if he's under because that typically means they win the football game. Uh, here we go. George Pickens receiving yards. George Pickens receiving yards. Ah, that went kind of low here, but it's kind of pretty much on average with him. 55 and a half. 55 and a half yards for George Pickens. Dave, over under. Well, I was going to look up real quick on DraftKings what it is this week because I know it was 49 and a half last week. It was, um, so I took his alternate passing yards at 50 plus. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like the first positive that, one that they had. I had I had that as uh uh in, in my parlay. Um that didn't hit. I'm gonna go. You said 55 and a half? Correct. I'll go over. Okay. Brian. I'm going under. All right. Every time every time he goes and I pick him to go off, he goes under. So I'm saying under. I don't think he goes off, but I think he gets more than 55 and a half yards. So um, I'm, I'm 65. I'd be okay with that. And I think that's an over bet. I'll take the over next. Let's stick with receiving yards and let's go with Mr. Pat Fryermuth. And that number is 50 and a half. This guy screwed me. I, I could have hit so many parlays last week. <laughs> did you I have the 49 just, and a half for, for yes, Fryermuth? Yes, I did. And it was, what do you have? 39, I think 39 it was, yards. It, he needed 11 yards. Yeah. So, anyways, fifty and a and half. He was open for eleven yards on that last drive. Yeah, and it, it, it didn't hit for it. Over fifty and a half. I'm going because I did it last week. I'm going to go for it again. I'm going over. All right, Brian. I am going over as well, and here's the reason why. In 2006, in this game, Falcons hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, Algie Crumpler went off for three touchdowns. Heath Miller had a million yards. It was just one of those things. He's going to channel the ghost of those two, even though they're both alive. And I'm going to say Fryermuth has a great week. Okay, I'm going to go over as well. Uh, I don't think it's by much, but I'll go over. And Algie Crumpler is a name I have not heard in a really long time. Yes. (laughs) All right, the next, uh, we have three left. The next one, we're going to an oldie but a goodie. Classic DJ targets. Deontay Johnson targets. This number has decreased a lot since Ben Roethlisberger's retirement. I have the line set at six and a half. Dave, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go over. He had eight targets last week. I think that's going to be more of a magic number. I'm fine with eight. I don't like it when it's pushing 12. So I think it could be over, but I don't want it much over. All right, Brian. I'm going to go over as well, but my hope is that it's zero and they just like lose him at the airport. No, no, it's he's not a good number two. He's a good I'm number not, two. I'm done. Oh good. I'm it's done. That bad. I'm. Do- oh well, hey, he'll run backwards. For yeah, how so many he- yards is he going to run backwards? Can we have an over under on that? 
How many negative yards is he going to yes. have after the catch? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he did have positive yak yards for the game, but they could have been much better. <laughs> on Twitter, right, during, well, he had that one slant that he turned up pretty, yeah. pretty decent. But on Twitter, I just say things like that's classic DJ. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> if he was humble and not so combative, <laughs> I'd probably be sticking up. He wasn't combative, combative this week in his media session. He was just saying he's trying to do his best to help the team win. He said all the right things this week. This week. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to think it's going to be seven. So I had the line at six and a half. All right, now let's go to the defensive side of the football. Pittsburgh Steelers sacks. I have this at two and a half. Dave, over under. Oh, you're doing it again. Doing it again to me. Because Could be I a have, push. Could be a I, push. Two and no, a half? Be, I'm sorry. It no. can't be a push. If I'm, it was an individual. Yeah, individual, you're right, yeah. Um, I had a number because I thought about this earlier today. I'm like, I'm going to come up with the sacks number because Jeff's going to ask it. <laughs> so I'm going to come up with the number and I'm going to go with that number and whatever he says will go accordingly. And that number that I had was three. So I guess, what did you say? Two and a half. I guess that's putting me at the over. All right, Brian. I'm comfortable at three as well. So I'll go over. What they have two last week of Matt Ryan or do they have three? It was three. Two of them came in the secondary. That's right. Terrell Edmonds had one, and so did uh, Millette. Millette. Uh, but Mariota can run. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Mariota is still mobile. Uh, I'm going to go under, too. I'm going to take the under on this one. And then lastly, defensive takeaways. They've gotten two every single game since the bye week. I have the line at one and a half. Dave, over, under. Defensive. <laughs> I'm trying to now check my number. How often does Atlanta turn the ball over? They've turned the ball over 16 16 times times this season. Eight and eight. Eight interceptions and eight fumbles. I'm liking this plus two every game. I've really been digging that. So let's do it again. Let's go over. All right, Brian. I'll go over as well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the two until they, uh, they stop doing that. So I'm going to take the over as well. So there you have it. Those are the six. We had Kenny Pickett completions at 21 and a half. George Pickens receiving yards at 55 and a half. Pat Fryermuth receiving yards, 50 and a half. Deontay Johnson target six and a half. Pittsburgh defensive sacks, two and a half. And then defensive takeaways, one and a half. So, all right. Very good. Let's talk about the spread, which I don't even know what it is now. I feel like it goes a different direction every day. What do we have? I, I'm 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 going to refresh the page again because I'm afraid that it would have changed in in the last 45 minutes since since it came up here. It has not. It is the Steelers are plus one. Okay. You know that it went as low where they were minus one and a half, and then it went back to minus one, and then it went to plus one. It, it, and I, I I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe the Najee Harris thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Uh, let's start with Brian. Brian, how do you see this game playing out? What's your prediction? My prediction is that people are going to go to Vegas on my dime and on my advice, and they are going to win big because this is the time that men in the hills will sing songs about me. Pittsburgh Steelers 39, Atlanta 33. It's going crazy this week in Atlanta. Oh my gosh. Okay. Dave. I have a feeling he's taking the over of 42 at point yeah, five. Just, just by a hair. I thought he was going to say 39 to three, and it was just under. That would be funny. That would be hilarious. All right, Dave, what do you have? Um, I 
I love what one Kevin Thatcher Smith said last week on the here on here we go the Steelers pregame show, and that is when it's a toss up game, I'm taking the Steelers. That's what he said. I that's my philosophy as well. I'm not Jeff Hartman that they could be 15 point underdogs and would take him anyway. Yes. You know, nothing wrong with that. I'm just that's just not. I'd take him to cover probably, but to 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 just flat up win when it's close. I want to see it. I I want to see continued growth. If I see growth again from last week to this week, maybe actually getting a first down in the third quarter this time, you know, something like that would, would be helpful. Um, you know, it, it the the defense, Atlanta's offense is is next to last in passing, but they're way up there in rushing. But the Steelers are at the top of the league in rush defense. I, it's once again a strength on strength thing. And I, I kind of like the Steelers with it. I'm going that the Steelers get their most decisive win of the season. And I'm going 27-17 Steelers. Mm, all right. Uh, I was actually, you know, this is a week. It was really crazy and chaotic with the Monday night game. I haven't, I don't, and I don't know much about the Falcons in and of itself. Cause they're yeah. an NFC town. I mean, an NFC South team. Uh, they don't play the Steelers often. And I was stunned when I was listening to Dave stat geek. And he said, how many points per game they're averaging. They're averaging what? 22 <laughs> points per game or something like that. It's over I'm 20. Off. Yeah. It's 22. And so I was like, wow, I can't believe when you look at the numbers, it, it just doesn't play out mm-hmm. that way. Um, it's kind of like the antithesis of New Orleans. New Orleans moved the ball well, but didn't score a lot of points. And so now you have this Falcons team. I was like, well, wow, I could maybe see this one being a little bit more high scoring than people uh, are necessarily thinking right off the bat. I'm going with the Steelers. Shocker. I like the Steelers 27, Falcons 20. Steelers find a way in Atlanta to keep to win first time, two games in a row. It's first time this season to stack wins. So there you go. There are predictions. Uh, let's go to uh, trivia. Brian, what do you have for us? This All right. I'm kind of stepping on Jeff's toes a little bit, just a tiny bit with one of these guys. Cause I'm talking about a guy that has shared time with Atlanta and with Pittsburgh. algae crumpler. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Oh man. I want to take an algae crumpler. So it's no secret. And I'm in the minority on this one, but I would love an announcement one day to hear that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be on HBO's hard knocks. That would make my life. I would love it. I would love that inside look. I think it would be great. I would not miss a single episode. One of this guy that I'm talking about here in 2014 was on hard knocks and he was the Falcons first cut. He did not go by. He went by a shortened name. I know. Yeah, I think think you went by a shortened name. So, Jeff, what I'd like you to do is give me who this player is, but give me his name on the show that was longer. He was on a shortened name when he was with the Steelers. So Roosevelt next, right? Yes, correct. Is that his long name or is there a longer name than that? No, he had a hyphen with the. Oh, oh, I don't know that. that Oh, 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 um, I'm trying to. I should know this. Oh, it, 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 Roosevelt, mm. algae, algae, crumpler, next. <laughs> I don't know. Roosevelt, Nick's Jones. I was oh. going to say Jones, but I'm like, it was a really simple game, like name, like Smith or Jones. But I just, I couldn't think of it for sure. 
I should have right. said it. And I, I actually, I actually have one more. Oh, so in the two thousands, these teams played three games against each other. And what was the special distinction for all three of those games? Didn't they all go to overtime? Yes, they did. Yeah. One what ended in a tie. One ended in a tie. Yes. Uh, the Steelers won after a series. That was a Rashard Mendenhall walk-off run, wasn't it? 2010. Mm-hmm. And they, didn't they lose one down in Atlanta in yeah. overtime? The so one, 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 and yeah. one. So you said that was the that was the two the 2000s, like before the 2010s, right? Well, I'm well. I guess you count 2010 because it okay. Was, uh, well, meaning because I I know like I attended the game where they took it to Atlanta in Pittsburgh, so I, I knew that was so you're you weren't because you said in the 2000s technically 2022 is in the 2000s, but okay. I, I, um, I, understand, I understand what you mean now. I got you. Yeah, so that, yeah, was, that, that was good. 2002, one. which I was at the tie game, mm-hmm. where we thought uh, from the stands we thought Plexico scored, and he broke well, Steeler records. That was that was a fun game. That game was infuriating because they played so well, and then Michael Vick just would not he had go two, away. Two third and eighteens that he yeah. converted. Yeah, he was really good back in the day. <laughs> All right, Dave, your turn. Go ahead. All right, so the Pittsburgh Steelers are attempting to stack wins. They are attempting to win back-to-back games for the first time this season. And they would have to do so by winning both games on the road. When's the last time the Steelers won back-to-back games on the road? And do you remember who they were playing? Hmm. Ah, man. That's a Brian question here. I would think 2020 would be – I don't think they did it in 2021, but I'm just blanking. So if I go back to 2020 when they started off – 11 and 0, I would probably be thinking. I know November 18th, November 8th was like Dallas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got it. So Baltimore, November 1st at Baltimore and November 8th against the Dallas Cowboys. That would be correct. And they actually won three in a row. They had three straight road games after having four straight home games because of the debacle of moving the Tennessee Titans game. So, so that, that's one, but the, see, the big issue here is do teams play that many back-to-back road games just at, at all? They played three road games in a row and they had back-to-back road games later in the season. They lost them both um, at Buffalo and Cincinnati, um, but they, but, but they did play those. How about to go back one more? If you had to go prior to 2020, when was the last time they had won back-to-back road games? Well, they went on a streak with Duck, and oh, this is a toughie. When did they? I'm trying to think. Okay, they they won in Los Angeles when Tuit got hurt in 2019, and then. But remember, the games have to be back to back, not just. Yeah, not I'm just talking about bro- yeah back to back games, and I think. Mm-hmm. I think there was another game in there that they were on the road because they had, uh, I don't know. Well, and and Jeff? No, Cliff. All right. Well, in in 2020, or sorry, in 2019, they had two sets of back-to-back road games. um, 
and it wasn't the Chargers. The Chargers right before their bye week, but they but they were in Cleveland on a Thursday and then went, uh, which they lost. But then they went and won in Cincinnati. But then the last two weeks of the season, they were in New York and in Baltimore, lost them both. In that in, was in 2019. 20, 2018, nope. They, I mean, they only had one set of back to back. Um, road games and they didn't win them both. You have to go back to 2016 was the previous time where the Steelers won back-to-back games where they were both on the road. And that was when they won. They actually did it twice in that season, twice in that season. Cause remember how many games did they win in a row to, to finish up in, in 2016? Um, they were four and five. Yeah. They, they won Dallas. seven, seven in a row. Um, with the last one being New Year's Day overtime against Cleveland, I was at that game. But uh, they they won back to back games against or at Cleveland and at Indy on Thanksgiving. Um, so that I was even on a short on a short week that they won back to back games. That was in week eleven and twelve. But then they also went on the road in back to back games and won in Buffalo in week fourteen and then in Cincinnati in week fifteen. But that's the last time, other than twenty twenty, that they had won back to back games on the road because you don't get a ton of back to back games on the road. Very good. All right, gentlemen. Before we have final thoughts, real quick. If you close your eyes and you think to yourself, Steelers, Falcons, what play memory comes to mind? Brian, we'll start with you. That we talked about it. That that long ball to Plexico that okay. just was an inch short. All right, Dave, what about you? You're gonna think I'm crazy because it's not a good one. It stands out in my mind because it was a play that frustrated me. When I was sitting in section 122, row Q, seat 17, while Big Brosco was sitting in seat 16. And at the very end of the first half, Ben Roethlisberger, rather than throwing the ball away, you thought he was throwing it over Antonio Brown's head. But instead, he throws that interception in the end zone, took away a field goal right before the half. And it was like, oh, man, don't tell me this is what's going to change everything. It didn't change anything. They came out and ended up winning, you know, playing great in the second half. But that was very frustrating. Um, I don't know why. Because I was there, I guess that's why that was that was the biggest play that stands out to me. For some reason, there's two plays that stand out to me. One is Troy's interception of Matt Ryan along the sideline where he came out. And I think it was Roddy White, maybe, that he jumped in front of. It was just an amazing play. And the second, for some reason, is Heinz Ward running down the field without a shoe on. Uh, in Atlanta <laughs> to score a touchdown. I forgot about that one. I forgot yeah. about that one. That's a good one. I because I rem- I didn't I didn't remember that was Atlanta. He lost a shoe. Who throws a shoe? I mean, seriously. But uh, yeah. So just some fun. Um, apparently, Mister Third and Fifth throws a shoe. What's that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey, they're look. They're, they have a warrant out for his arrest. Yeah, there, there was a, there, that's, that's the last I read. There was a there was an active standoff. Standoff. Yeah, yeah his house. is he armed? That was a few hours ago. There, that yes. So Antonio Brown is armed. Well, they say that they know that there are arms in in his large house, so they're not. I I haven't checked the news to see if that was that that changed. <laughs> oh my gosh! Sorry. Okay. Yeah, but that all was right. one thing from earlier that that was in the report of why the warrant was out was all these things and throw a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Who throws a shoe? I mean, seriously. All right, Brian. Final thoughts. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say Miles Garrett because I was <laughs> thinking that. Um, no, was, no, no, no. That was no, John. That was, that was uh, Clowny. Clowny. <laughs> Miles Garrett prefers to throw helmets. 
Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> um, so my final thoughts actually about the Antonio Brown situation. Hmm. I'm saddened by this. Yeah, because th- this was a guy that that we just love to watch over and over. And I, I don't even bring him up around Shannon White anymore because it depresses him to the point of almost tears because of you had a guy with such, I mean, he was vibrant. He was fantastic. He could do anything on the field, had the work ethic, and something went wrong with his head. And I know a lot of people point to Vontez Perfect, but there was stuff going on before that I'm just hoping that somebody – in his entourage, somebody close to him could help him, get him help, because this is going to get tragic. And this is going to be a tragic tale very, very soon that is going to end up in either prison or death for somebody, and maybe him. And it scares the hell out of me. So I'm I'm really hoping that, I mean, we I've made jokes in the last week about Richard Gummies and him throwing stuff and and all of that. But now it's it's getting to the point where, you're like, man, you see this guy unraveling and, and it's time to have somebody step in and help this man. Cause he is hurting beyond repair at this point. Well said. All right, Dave, final thoughts. Yeah. Just to follow up with what Brian said. Yeah. It's one of those things that if something big and tragic does happen, you're all you're going to do is look back and say, well, look at all these warning signs. And we're, we're in that right now that I'm like, I really hope that he can get help. And you're exactly right. So many fantastic Steeler memories I have involve number 84. They, they really do. So it's really sad to see um, things fall apart, not just from a football standpoint. That's not ultimately in point important. Don't want to see things fall apart from a life standpoint. Also, I want to give a shout out. I I know we have an article coming out on it soon. You can check out the article, but if not, go back and listen to the What Yin's Talking About podcast from earlier today, where Kyle interviewed the person that made the documentary about Carlton Hasselrig. Just great information, tragic stuff, tragic stuff. I mean, I'm sitting there hearing about, you know, people were his wife going to going to the to outside the stadium during a game and wearing her husband's jersey um re- recently and they're like oh Hasselrig, he was so great and then these people are going into a game of where she can't afford to have a ticket because of everything that has played out um since that really really eye-opening information um haven't seen the documentary or anything but uh, at least check out Kyle's interview there but my final thoughts about the game is if you're I, I hope you one of those people that have Sunday ticket or know somebody who does because uh, the distribution map for this one has a very small, well, I don't know. There's more along the South. There's more in the Falcons area than anything with Pittsburgh. Not a lot, not a large portion of the country is getting this game, but this is what I've said with Steelers games for a very long time. The next one is the big one. The next one is the big one, because if you're trying to to get back to respectability, you can only do that one game at a time. It doesn't matter what the Steelers did last week. It doesn't matter who their opponent is next week. you got to go out, play hard, and get this one. Well said, gentlemen. Uh, Next week, we'll get you ready for the Ravens game. It's Ravens week next week for the Steelers preview crew. We'll be here talking about all those things instead of week 14. Make sure you check us out on the post game show this Sunday after the week 13 game against the Falcons. But Dave, you didn't get to do last week. Why don't you send us out? Hey, we'll see you next week on another Steelers preview. 
everybody else gets a little tight. 